the following could be a true story. Welcome to our bonus episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Chowski. And uh, I am afraid of the incoming swarm of killer bees. Oh, it's fucking terrifying. Yes. I'm Kevin Daly. This week we're talking about Deadly Invasion, the Killer Bee Nightmare, 1995, directed by Rockney S. O'Bannon. They can strike without warning. He was under massive attack and was trying to get away. Get away from him. Without mercy. They perceive you to be a threat. Look, imagine. Fast and furious. And if you can hear them coming... Mommy, it's already too late. <laughs> Deadly Invasion, the Killer Bee Nightmare. This will be a true story. World premiere Tuesday on Fox. For the Fox Network. For the Fox Network. Yeah, we keep coming across all these TV movies we should do. So I think this is our first actual TV movie. Yeah, I think actually, I think you're right. Um, I saw this when it aired live on that day. <laughs> same, same. March seventh, nineteen ninety five. I watched it live too. Um, and it's it, it's funny because in nineteen ninety five, for all of you Zoomers out there, there was this huge fear of the wave of killer bees, Africanized honeybees coming up and just killing everybody and <laughs> decimating bee pop. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, that these Africanized honeybees had come to South America and they were just devastated South America and we're heading up and they were just going to completely destroy our way of life in America. And what they ended up doing was just interbreeding with the European honeybees they have and now we just have bees. Yeah, nothing happened. but There was so much panic. Yeah, so this is part of that. I swear the pitch of this movie must have been, alright guys, but what if the birds and arachnophobia, but bees? Yeah, it is very much the birds and arachnophobia but bees but it is also this movie is fucking hysterical about bees oh yeah it's like the most bee anti-bee propaganda ever (laughs) oh this pure hatred in this movie it is just anti-bee propaganda this movie was intended to get you to go out there and kill all the fucking bees um, and it starts right off the bat with this this voiceover because we we got some like fucking VHS rip on YouTube. Yep, that's uh, and we get the uh, we get the uh, welcome to violence kind of intro <laughs> or uh, reefer madness. Yeah, it just starts. The African bees began mating and established themselves as the dominant breed, causing hundreds of deaths throughout South America. Despite this deadly threat, every attempt to stop them from multiplying or from sweeping northward into Texas and California, has failed. It is speculated that by the end of this decade, killer bees will have spread across most, if not all, of the continental United States. The following could be a true story. This could be true. Yeah, the following could be a true story. It's like, based on a totally made-up true story. Yeah, it's fucking anti-bee propaganda film. <laughs> Trying to get you motivated that this is the future that we all face. These bees are going to fucking murder us. <laughs> and now to the narration, we start up. Uh, it says, 30 miles north of the Mexican border in California. I'm like, so 
little bit past San Diego. I mean, you could just toss out yeah, a. It looks a little inland, but yeah. Well, considering the the, the whole of the movie takes place in a made up town, I guess they wouldn't yeah. get it, give a real town. Yeah, I guess not. And this this big fat cop is like, I'm gonna go look at this uh, abandoned farmhouse, and you know it's full of bees. Yeah, some dead bodies and some bees. Oh, he thinks the dead bodies are like. A bunch of partying people that are asleep. Because nope. he's like, wake up, everybody! Party's over! Yep, those guys just killed by bees, and then bees. Bees fly right into his mouth. He gets caught on some nail, like, very traditional horror movie style. Dangling his fat ass at the window, kicking around. Yep, and dies by bees. Yep, and then we get the title and credits, and it's from BPOV. Yeah. We get bee POV a couple times in this movie. Bee cam. As the bees are just flying around and we settle in on our, our main family here in the town of Blossom Meadow, California. And let's see, who do we have in this family? We have the dad is Chad Ingram, played by Robert Hayes from Airplane. Yep, Robert Hayes from Airplane. And uh, the dad in Homeward Bound. Oh, he is. Uh, Karen Ingram is the... Uh is the wife, played by Nancy Stafford. Yeah. The son's name is what, Keith? Uh, <laughs> Kevin, I believe. Kevin. I knew it was a K. Keith is the name of my brother, incidentally. Everyone oh, interesting. Everyone always does that to us, too. It's fucking weird. I don't know what the hell that is. But yeah, played by Gregory Gordon, who I don't have like an entry for. Um, they have her teenage daughter, Tracy. It's played by Gina Phillips. Yes. Who you uh, told me, um... She is the lead in Jeepers Creepers. Yep. Which we'll probably get around to at some point. Yeah. We will, especially since uh, the actress in the last movie was the bus driver in Jeepers Creepers 2. I mean, those movies are sufficiently goofy enough. I think we would enjoy those. Yeah. We'll just call it B-Week Revisited into the two Jeepers Creepers movies. Boom. Yeah, this this uh, this girl's all about B-films. They have their, their lonely-ass little daughter, Lucy. Because we got these two very, very busy working parents. Yeah, one's a lawyer. Yeah, the dad's a lawyer. and I have no fucking clue what the mom does, but she's well, always on the They're They're buying an orchard, and that's going to be her career, is running this orchard. And that's the whole reason they've moved out here. Yeah, they live in Blossom Meadow, California. No fucking clue where that would be. Somewhere where there's orchards. South inland Orange County? I don't know. Well, it's 30 miles north of the Mexican border. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... Maybe not. Yeah, there's like this goofy-ass thing, because both parents are on, on phones, and they accidentally switch phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sh sh shenanigans ensue, right? Because he he's in the middle of a phone call about getting a deposition. Which, by the way, I don't know what this guy is a lawyer of, because he's doing all kinds of different lawyery shit with I mean, no specialty. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah, so just remember right now, he's trying to collect a deposition. <laughs> and then when just he gets to his lawyer shit later, I'll bring it up again. Depots are pretty much taken in every kind of law, <laughs> if necessary. So that doesn't really narrow it down. They, their kids are very bored looking. Tracy is has headphones on because she's listening to the audiobook of David Copperfield. And her mom gives her shit about it. And she's like, nobody reads these books. And I'm like, that's probably true today. Just get it on Audible and call it a day. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. When, when I 
Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're able to pay attention to it and retain the information, it doesn't really matter how you consume it. They even teach us, you know, in the university to get ready to be a teacher, that, you know, if the kid wants to do an audiobook, let him do an audiobook. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody learns and absorbs information differently. And also, no fucking school assigns David Copperfield. <laughs> True. Great expectations, yeah. But David Copperfield is like 900 pages. Yeah, we didn't read David Copperfield. We read Great Expectations as freshmen, and as juniors, we read, or maybe seniors, we read Tale of Two Cities. We just read Great Expectations as freshmen, and then I read it again in college. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was different reading it in college. Oh, no, then I, I, I had to do it for a honors English class. I had to fucking teach the book. I'm extra sorry. Yeah. I have a, a, a passionate hatred for Great Expectations. I love Tale of Two Cities, though. But it's not an author thing. It's literally just that book. I actually got, came to like Great Expectations since I had to read it twice and then teach it. Just it's fucking so much random descriptions. It's literally, I mean, I know he was getting paid by the word in the newspaper, and he was, that, so he was just trying to fill as much space as possible. And, you know, cream, gotta get that money. But, like, yeah. no no judgment, but I don't want to read your, your book, Charles. Chucky, I don't need to read your compiled newspaper serial. Well, also, since I had to teach it, you know, I have to be motivated to convince these kids that it's great shit. So I had to convince myself first. But anyway, back to this. Uh, the son, Kevin, he goes outside and meets his friend, the bad boy on his moped. Oh, yeah. Tom Redman, Ryan Philippi's first feature film. Played by fucking Ryan Philippi, of all things, with a terrible goatee. Yeah, it's a fucking soul patch. It's horrible. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, this is before he became, like... You know, a heartthrob in like the mid nineties. This is like literally like his stepping stone into fucking. And um, we get the idea that they're like a rich family, yeah. and Tom here is like from the wrong side of the tracks, you know, with his fucking moped. And he's like, "What? What'd your rich family make you for breakfast?" Kevin's like, "Oh, a caviar omelet and orange juice squeezed on the thighs of young island virgins." <laughs> and then finally, their their other daughter Lucy is just lonely and depressed. Has no friends, they just moved here. Yeah, from Boston, by the way. So that's a big change. That's a big change. Culturally, geographically, environmentally. Yeah, and the mom just shoves Lucy on the bus going, Maybe you'll make a friend today, goodbye. I've got business mom shit to do. That's right. And um, they have a contractor looking at their house, and is like, Here, I think you could use this for your wine storage room. Because they're fucking rich ass, they have a wine storage Oh, who has a fucking basement in Southern California? Actually, yeah, who does? I mean, is that more common, like, in the boonies? Maybe it is, but, like, definitely, I've known one person who had a basement around here, and they built it themselves. They completely redid their own house from, like, the ground up to add said basement. Yeah, and the basement has a, a crawl space that's a whole fucking tunnel that leads all the way to the barn at their orchard. Like a fucking bootleggers tunnel for the partner. Yeah. So we get B POV closing in on the house, and the for no reason it just like cuts to a B for a while, and then it cuts back to the house, and a you know, Chad and Karen are talking. We've got like cut scenes cutting to like just bees, like most of the movie. Yeah. It's like, like the rant fucking party scenes and in, in uh, deep deep 
what is that movie that I hate so much? Open Water. Open Water. <laughs> Except at least these are sort of tied to the movie. Yeah, but I mean, it's also, it's like, we'll have a scene, and then we'll cut to bees, and then we'll cut back to the same scene, still in progress. Yes. Just filler. Bee filler, as it were. And, you know, this is where we get the backstories. like, Dad's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm super lawyer, but uh, you can hire people for the orchard, and then... I can ease up on my law practice and work on my novel. <laughs> my note just says, I fucking hate these people. It's 1995. Everyone's working on a novel. He's writing it. Or some shit. He's writing the great American novel. That's right. About bees. I mean, I think the names are appropriate for these two. Fucking Chad. Chad and Karen. And Karen. He's on his way to the to work, and he sees this city worker that he knows. This, this fucking peon. Yeah. To this rich family, so my note is: I bet he's fucking her. Why else would he know this this peasant? Random Department of Agriculture worker. Yeah, I mean she's only in the one scene. We ne- we never find out. But I'm like, yeah, I I bet he's fucking her because he's like, hey, what are you doing? And she's like, we're putting up bee traps, which I didn't know there was a thing. I didn't know that either. So I mean, if you're trying to take samples of bees, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And she's like, the, the Sacramento has us putting these up because, you know, the killer bees are coming. <laughs> They're on their way. And this absolutely changes Chad's life. Yeah. Oh, shit, no bees. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> said anything about killer bees. <laughs> he is scarred from here on out. He becomes bee obsessed because his side piece said killer bees are coming. Right. So he goes out to this bee farm. Where, you know, he's the lawyer, he's got some contract that he's he's negotiating for their farm. Yeah. So is he that kind of lawyer? I don't know. Well, presumably he does some contracts law. Yeah, but then we also find out that he's trying to get hired for criminal law later on. Yeah, who knows? He's just taking whatever. He might be one of those lawyers who just takes everything. Yeah, could be. If you're, you've passed the bar, you can do any type of law, like state law in California. So if you want to be the psychopath that does everything... <laughs> You know, power to you, I guess? Yeah, most lawyers just have their one specialty, though. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much only do, in our office, we pretty much only do personal injury and workers' compensation. A little bit of Social Security appeals, but that's about it. Yeah, which kind of goes with it, because Social Security, disability, kind of go hand-in-hand when you're talking about personal injury. Right. A lot of people that get an injury and are in a lawsuit for personal injury, end up retiring. So it, all those things kind of work together. It's all like bodily injury-related, doctory-related stuff. Yeah. Well, the reason a lot of lawyers do is, I think, because if they really know that one field, you can be successful there. Well, it's a lot easier than having to do research every single fucking case, because you're taking on yeah. an eighth type of law that you haven't practiced. Oh, shit, I got a case. Oh, fuck, I got bankruptcy. I haven't taken a bankruptcy case in six years. Yeah, if you're doing the same kind over and over. Yeah, gotta go back to the library, read up on the new case law. It's like, I don't know why you would do that to yourself. Well, well, Chad, super lawyer, he he knows all the law. All the laws. He's dealing with this, this housing contract and depositions and then criminal stuff later. No wonder he doesn't have time for his kids. That's right. Too much time in the library. Twelve hours a day in the library. Catching up on a new a new precedent since the last time we took that particular law. And so he's he's at the um. Who is the guy that runs his bee farm? What's his fucking name? Oh, I don't remember. I have it a little later. His wife is fiance is Linda, and they have a a boy named Josh. 
Ken. Uh, Ken, that's his name. Because my yeah. notes later just call him B-Man Ken. <laughs> B-Man Ken. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got this bee farm. And Chad is in full panic mode. He's paranoid. <laughs> he's like, bees? Bees? <laughs> bees are killer bees. It's like, oh, no, no they're not. Ken's like, just chill. Like, like, look, if you're not pissing them off and you're, you're vibing, then everything's cool, man. Chad's like, how many, how many bees do you have here? Oh, about a hundred million. And Chad like, is yeah. like, no. I think he says like 25 million, but we're only one of four. Yeah. hundred million bees. <laughs> Ken, he has bees all over him. Like his hand is covered in bees as he's signing the contract and handing it back to him. And Ken, Ken doesn't care. Ken's just like, I'm cool with the bees. I am one with the bees. <laughs> That's why my notes call him Bee Man Ken. Yeah, he is the bee whisperer, kind of. Until the killer bees show up. <laughs> Until the killer bees. <laughs> and he tells Chad, he's like, you and Karen still coming to the wedding? Which, we'll get to that, the wedding. The wedding's great. <laughs> the wedding is the best thing. But meanwhile, we go to Blossom Meadow High School, and did you see what their mascot was? Yeah, a bee? <laughs> yeah, it's a bee! Obviously, bees and honey production are very important to this region. Yes. We get Hot Boy Travis with his sports car. Oh yeah, that's right. And like Tom is also his friend. And Travis is like, my dad has a Shelby that he's racing this week and I'm part of the pit crew. And Tom's like, can, can I come? Can I Can I be part of you? Can I be your friend, Travis? Look at Ryan Phillip, he's so pathetic here. Yeah. Hot Boy Travis is just fucking openly drinking a beer in his car in the school parking lot. Yeah. And he's got his girlfriend with him. Who I, I might have her name later. Did we even get a name from her? Well, I know Tracy mentions it's that she's her friend. Oh yeah, that's right. So maybe they dropped the name and I just didn't even care. She's the girl who flashes the truck. That's all that matters to me. Yes, because Hot Boy Travis is like, we're going, we're going out to to do the cool kid stuff. Which apparently is driving on the open highway, drinking a beer, and having your girlfriend show her tits to random truck drivers. Life is a highway. That's right. Then making out in front of some random... <laughs> yeah. Work. Well, before we get them out on the highway, though, we get little Lucy coming home, still depressed and having no friends. Oh, yes. And Mom has set up these fucking paw prints that lead all the way up to Lucy's room. Yeah. Where she's got, oh, surprise, you have this pet rabbit. And she's like, oh, yay, do you know what I'm going to name her? Mom's like, Tina? Yeah, Tina! I'm like, oh, did I miss something? Why? Who the fuck is Tina? Why is this significant? And I had stopped, I'm like, is there a famous rabbit named Tina? What the fuck? No, she just names everything Tina, it turns out. Yeah, we find out later she has a Tina bear. Like, maybe she wishes her parents had named her Tina. But back to Chad and the bee guy, because apparently he's just spent his whole fucking day at the bee farm. They just talk about bees. It's just a... This movie has a lot of exposition dumps about bees. Yeah. There's a, a whole scenes where the movie just stops to inform us everything about, like, bee anatomy and bee society. And then... Ken's Native American dad comes and he's like, something coming. Bees upset. Bees are angry. <laughs> something has them agitated. It's a bond with the bees. You can just feel their anxiety. His spirit animal is a bee, I bet. Yeah, you get the spirit animal you get. Yeah, then we get Travis and his girlfriend driving around in the desert flashing truckers. And they pull off on some abandoned road to make out like the couple in Manos. Yeah. And they're not as 
suave about it. That that couple in Manos, I could sit there and just make out for a solid 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just there the whole time. Tantric making out. Yep. Yeah. Not even sex, just making. This girl's ass keeps hitting the car horn, which agitates the bees. Because there is a hive of Africanized honeybees behind the fucking billboard. Yeah, and so the bees fly all over and they're getting in their clothes, going up her short leg, going down his shirt, and they're like, oh no, bees, let's drive away! There's a whole fucking swarm of bees in their car now. To like the it, movie's credit, it uses real bees rather than bad CGI bees. I'm looking at you, 2006 Wicker Man. Yeah, we use a hell of a lot of real bees, too. There are a lot of real bees in this movie. There's like a hundred million bees. One might, yes, one might say. And while they're trying to deal with the swarm while driving the highway, they go right into a fucking semi. Three and movies like, in a row with people getting hit by semis. And life is a highway. <laughs> yeah. Only, we don't even see this crash. We just hear this little fucking tink, and it's off camera. It's not even like squealing brakes and screaming and crash. It's just like, bing, insert more bee footage. <laughs> yeah, we got, yeah, we have the bee transition. So apparently Chad is, is friends with the dead boy's dad. Yeah. Who's telling him, he's like, my kids are dead and the driver's going to live. I want you to prosecute this company. So apparently he's also a DA. <laughs> <laughs> I don't He's a DA with a a contract law side business. It just it sounds like it sounds like the dude one of one of our clients at work who just doesn't know anything about the law and is just spouting things you heard on Law and Order. Yeah, because this guy, well, he's like a DA that also has his own private practice. Because he's like, I'm going to ease up with my law practice and write my book. Yeah, so he's a DA with a private practice. Like, what kind of fucking lawyer? Yeah, so the dad, I mean, he's obviously reasonably upset, but he's blaming the truck driver and the uh, dude doing the autopsy. He's like, yeah, I don't think the I don't think the truck driver is responsible for this. Yeah, well, then he's also, can you sue them for me, too? Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> also tort law. That's right. He's just the lawyer that does everything. He's the only lawyer in Blossom Meadow. It's like uh, Doc Hollywood, but uh, with lawyers and bees. Yeah, like if there's a crime in Blossom Meadow, he is both district attorney and defense attorney because he's the only fucking lawyer. He has to leave the room, come back with a hat and a fake mustache. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't my client, it was the bees. But yeah, the the coroner's like, yeah, look, he pulls like a fucking bee out of his leg. And it freeze frames on that bee, which when it aired, you know it faded to commercial here. Yeah. And we got to see a freaking ad for purple ketchup. New Heinz Easy Squirt Ketchup has a nozzle that makes it easy to draw. On food! Heinz Easy Squirt. It's fun for your food. Oh, God. I forgot. Thank, thank you for reminding me that purple ketchup was a thing that existed. In 1995. <laughs> oh, the 90s. The sheriff's department is out there killing the bees. They're, like, putting, like, I don't know, fire extinguisher shit on it. Yeah, it's like detergent and water, essentially. Like, just uh, clogs their pores. They breathe through their skin, so. Oh, that is right. They even say that. They say that, yeah, and then they they talk about it later during many of the bee exposition dumps. There's there's one of of many bee exposition dumps. And then um, Kevin, Tracy, and Tom are out there watching. Tom is throwing rocks. Yeah, because Tom's a fucking idiot. 
He's like, fuck you, bees. Travis was the coolest and you murdered him. I hate bees. Kevin's like, you're not doing much there, man. (laughs) And like, literally the whole town is out here watching this beehive be destroyed. Because that's when B-Man Caden comes up to, to talk to Chad, and he's like, here's my fiance Linda, and my son Josh. Uh, Josh hates his future stepmom, by the way. Hey, we saw that movie last week. Yeah. Yeah, this is the stepmother. <laughs> the stepmother. So, there's government agents down there, like the fucking men in black. These suits <laughs> and tinted glasses. That's right. That are telling them, well, the bees are swarming everywhere. Your town should be on lockdown. Um, you should hold bee drills at the school. The traps I put up haven't turned out anything. Could be just this roll call. Could be. We've been getting alert bulletins from you people for a couple years now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but shouldn't we be worried? There's an infestation over in Peyton. Consensus is that's where they're headed. Listen, I'm the mayor of this town. I've got a lot of people around here asking a lot of questions. Like, just what should we do here? I mean, two kids dead is plenty. You've set traps. That's good. Have your local commercial beekeepers check their queens. They need to requeen their hives. Do it. Educate your people. Hold bee drills in your school. Bee drills? Yeah. They're doing it all over the state and all the schools. What are the pamphlets and the fact sheets from the USDA Apiculture Extension Services? Numbers on there. Put them on your counter at your local bank. Any place your townspeople will pick them up. That's it? That's the government's Africanized honeybee draft action plan as it now exists. Yeah, we were around during this panic. Never any fucking bee drills. Nope, I, I did not have to do a bee drill. <laughs> no, that the, the concept of a bee drill is ridiculous. Children know what to do when they see bees. It's instinct. Yeah, run the fuck away. You don't even need to tell children. Hey, if you see bees, run away. They, it's instinct as a human. And then um, Karen is like, "Well, why don't we just kill all of the bees and enter?" Pruitt Taylor DeChamp, the stupidest fucking name for a guy. This is uh, this is Ian Malcolm at home. This guy comes out and he's just this fucking guy. I love this guy. He's like, we can't kill the bees because of big commerce. Like big honey makes so much money from the bees, and they they you know all the money made from agriculture. The government won't let us kill the bees because of, you know, big commerce. <laughs> like, th- this fucking conspiracy nut here. And he's got a bee because apparently he fucking gets high on bee stings. <laughs> yeah. He uses it in replacement of his morning coffee. Yeah, because he, he gets the bee to sting him and he's like, oh, that's the good shit. It's better than coffee. That's the shit. I love it. Well, then why don't we just get rid of them all and start over? We need bees, darling. Eighty percent of the average American diet is directly or indirectly dependent on crops pollinated by bees. That is an indisputable fact. Honeybees in the U.S. pollinate crops worth ten billion dollars a year. That is a billion. With the bee, they also produce in their spare time hundred and fifty million dollars worth of honey. Who are you? Oh, I'm just another bug watcher. <laughs> the name is uh, Beauchamp. Pruitt Taylor Beauchamp. But uh, for some reason, the bees, they like to call me Chip. Ooh. <laughs> 
beats the hell out of a cup of coffee for keeping you alert. And so, for some fucking reason, Chad and Karen decide to take this dude to lunch. Like, why? <laughs> Please, sir, tell us more about your beats. They take him to this, like, out, like outdoor cafe, and he's putting honey on everything. He's putting honey all over his cheeseburgers. He's like, oh, bees are awesome. You know, our bees are this, bees that. He is just monologuing about bees and eating honey. This man's fucking insane. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's, he's, he's Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park, but bees. And like I said, we have Ian Malcolm at home. Yeah, they're like, where are the killer bees coming from? Nature finds a way. <laughs> That's right. Essentially. They ask him, he's like, they're like, so, Mr. Pruitt Taylor to champ, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm unemployed. The man and I don't see eye to eye. That's because you're a crazy bee guy. Because then he just goes right into, bees do this thing called swarming. Like, we're not missing a beat. Do you think that's why he's unemployed? He does that in job interviews. Starts talking about bees, yeah, probably. They're like, so, so, Mr. Tchamp, you know, tell us why you're qualified for this job at GCS. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, bees do this thing called swarming fucking hired. Yeah, well, GCS not known for its selective selectiveness and hiring practices. Yeah. And he, he talks about how, like, these are all satellite hives, that somewhere there's, like, the mother hive, and that this these bees were really fat, so this isn't the, the main hive. This was a, a satellite hive or some shit. Yeah, they have the new queen gets born, and the new queen goes out and establishes new hives. What he's saying is they all get fat on honey so they can make the trip and set up their new a new hive, and he's saying, well, these were still pretty thick, so, uh... Yeah, but those are just different colonies. Right. It's not like yes. if you go to the the original hive and destroy it, all the bees that have come from this hive will die. All those <laughs> queens. <laughs> They're not vampires. <laughs> but that's the way he explains it. And then other people in the diner are turning in their seats to ask him, please, tell me more about the bees. And he talks about bee stings. Just one bee sting. <laughs> that, oh, it pumps pain-inducing venom into your body and summons other bees, and it's toxic. Oh. He goes into this, like, yeah, and they do that 10,000 fucking times. <laughs> it goes on for this guy is insane. The uh, happy variety of bees we have always had in this country is the Aphis malifera. The other guys are called the Aphis malifera scutellata. <laughs> For some reason, I always think of them as the sharks and the jets, you know, with the scutellata coming in singing, I want to live in America. <laughs> Who did you say you work for again? Uh, well, currently I am uh, not working for anybody. The uh, mainstream and I didn't see particularly eye to eye, but I have worked the circuit, you know, Beltsville, Texas A&M, Carl Hayden. Why did you stick around out there in the interstate when everybody else left? Well... I'm not convinced that your bee problem is finished. Bees, they do this thing called swarming. It's where part of the primary colony breaks off to look for a new home. Now, to make sure they have enough energy for the haul, they engorge themselves with honey before hitting the road. The bees that I observed out on the interstate, they were still pretty fat and sassy, meaning that they hadn't traveled all that far from the primary colony. Meaning, most likely, that the primary colony is out there somewhere. Not too far away. I've been keeping bees for over 30 years as a hobby now. 
think all this killer bee business is slop. You're the captain, Captain. You want to ignore the lighthouse and keep steering your boat towards the rocks? That's your decision. You're a pretty big fella. Could probably withstand a pretty sizable attack. Maybe. Unless you're one of the unlucky one in 200 that happens to be allergic. Now, little kids, older people, as few as five bee stings could set off an attack of anaphylaxis. Shortening of breath, falling blood pressure, ultimately leading to circulatory and respiratory collapse. Now, could you pass me that pepper, please? Now, this is still just a little bee sting we're talking about. Do you know what just a little bee sting really is? The sting itself is made up of two ultra-sharp barbed blades surrounded by protective plates and hard muscle, all attached to a sack that it is filled with venom. Now, when a bee stings you, these barbed blades, they scissor their way into your flesh. And now, that is the first thing you feel, but it certainly isn't the last. Because, next, the barbs on the blades, they kind of dig in, you know? So that even while the bee takes off, the sting is left behind, anchored in your flesh. I mean, the bee is long gone, but the sting is not finished. It continues to throb. It continues pumping pain-inducing venom into your bloodstream. Is it finished now? Because the sting is also giving off this alarm odor, signaling other bees that you are the enemy. More bees attack, more venom is delivered, more alarm odor is released. Pain! Oh, it's excruciating. Your bloodstream is filling up with toxic levels of their poison and if you're not out of there before long you are dead so my friend that's what you mean when you say just a little bee sting multiplied by thousands that's why they call them killer bees we go from this to the wedding <laughs> yeah and um we get ken and linda getting married it's an outdoor wedding and we have ominous bees flying in the field because it's on their their bee farms it's just bees out there hanging out and i'm like oh this is gonna be good it's my note this is fucking great here and chad because you know ever since his side piece told him bees exist he sees flowers at the wedding and he's like flowers are bad (laughs) bees are coming (laughs) meanwhile ken's son josh does not give a fuck about this wedding I mean, he he basically tells Linda to fuck off. Yeah, he has wants nothing to do with his stepmom. Then we get the band setting up. Um, they only do '80s Joel covers. <laughs> no, they're they're setting up, and the feedback from the guitar agitates the bees. Why is there always a keyboardist in the fucking wedding bands? By the way. Well, I think this band only does instrumental because there's no fucking microphones on the stage. <laughs> yeah, the feedback from the guitar. Then they start playing, and it's some <laughs> fucking terrible, like shitty song. They're an shit. elevator music cover band shitty like fake blues song it's like i'm like oh man we should have had a live band at our wedding and these guys start playing i'm like you know what maybe we're we were okay with the recorded music a co-worker of mine went to a wedding that had a band over the past weekend she said the band was terrible i actually wanted to get richard cheese and lounge dance the machine to play our wedding but uh they were too i would get me first and the gimme gimmies i know they've done a bart mitzvah because their live album is Ruin Johnny's Bar Mitzvah, and it's literally a bar mitzvah. 
that they're playing at. <laughs> but anyway, the bees show up and fucking chaos. It's wonderful. It's so perfect. The scene is the bees come in and there's like first person bee vision. There's all like the waiters and shit are like diving out of the way of this like swarm of bees. And people are screaming and running around. It's just pure panic. Bees are swarming all over the tables. Josh gets left outside and he's just like covered in bees and on the ground. And Linda's like, I have to save him. And she pulls up her gloves and pulls down her wedding veil and goes out there to face the bees. And then they all hole up inside the house while they're under siege by bee. Watching just the, the, the wreckage. As the bees just sit on things. <laughs> on the cake. The the guitar player's like trying to drag his guitar. The, I'm like, dude, you can leave the guitar. The bees are not going to do anything to your guitar. It's not a hurricane. It's just bees. Yeah. The, bee, the bees literally have no mouth. I mean, they have a mouth, but they have no teeth, or they just lick things. They're not going to be able to sting your guitar, despite how Pruitt Taylor DeChamp described their stinger as being absolutely vicious. It ain't going to puncture a guitar. Your guitar will be fine. It might have some bees on it. interrupt your podcast and bring you this important special report. Bees. They are everywhere. The killer Africanized bees that devastated South America, killing millions in their wake and leveling the whole Rio de Janeiro have finally arrived in the United States of America. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, even here in peaceful Blossom Meadow, California, killer bees are upon us. At an outdoor wedding this afternoon, 100 million of these winged terrors descended from the sky and attacked guests and attendants. We have eyewitness testimonies from one of the members of the wedding band, one Shredder Blaze, lead guitarist for the Dullards, an elevator music cover band. According to Shredder Blaze, quote, the bees, man, the fucking bees. They killed the staff and they ate my guitar. They stung my guitar out of existence. It was signed by Axel Rose's cousin's roommate, man, and these bees fucking destroyed it. The bees, man, the goddamn bees, end quote. We will have more on this breaking news as it develops, so stay tuned to KBUZ, Blossom Meadows' premiere, nay only, radio station. And then um, we get news reports, you know, because bee- the beekeepers are investigating this. Yeah. There's news reports about, like, the magnitude of yesterday's attack. We live in the bee red zone. <laughs> yeah, they literally start describing it as a bee red zone. And then we cut to fucking Pruitt Taylor to Champ still at the fucking diner <laughs> talking about bees. Like, has he gone home? Has he been here for like three days? People just keep buying him food to tell them more bee stories. He's gone through like eight bears of honey. And he's like, oh, there's nothing you can do to your body odor can summon bees. Oh, that's why all the honey is out at the at the tavern and in, in the wicker man. Cause this fucker's eating all. This fucker's eating all the honey. This guy is Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Yeah, he's just eating honey. He's like, every hive has a ten thousands of warriors willing to die. They will kill you. More honey, please. The bee incident that occurred at the local wedding here yesterday is a prime example of what citizens living in what we call a bee red zone have to be prepared for. Fortunately, the local fire department responded quickly and there were no serious injuries. Now you mentioned a bee red zone. Had your department designated this town a red zone? 
Based on my report, we were about to, yes. I'm not going to lie to you. It's shaping up that this valley may have one very serious infestation on their hands. Problem is, it doesn't take much to set them off. I mean, the slightest motion, vibration. They particularly hate loud noises. Oh, and odors, strong perfumes, even B.O. Do you realize that when a bee delivers his sting, wham, that is it. He is history. But they're still willing to attack by the thousands or tens of thousands. An army made up of tens of thousands of warriors willing to die to eliminate the enemy. <laughs> Namely, you. Uh, the wedding, though, nobody really got hurt. They were able to all get inside before they were completely murdered by bees, and presumably the bees just left. I don't know. I don't know. They, 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 they run it on the news over and over because the kids are like, oh my god, this story again. So apparently it's big news, Um, even though like maybe nobody died because Josh is fine. Yeah, you know, He's like on the ground just covered in I, bees. I think the news article or the news story said that luckily nobody was hurt. No one was seriously injured or something like that. Except that one guy's guitar. Except for the one guy's guitar. He didn't, it didn't make it. Yeah. And we get um, shots of everybody in the store buying up all the bug spray. Yeah. Perfect raid all, product placement. Yeah, all of the uh, anti-bee and wasp spray is now on. Has now been stripped from all stores. Yeah, right as we cut to a commercial for... Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. Pizza bagel bites. Bite-sized pizzas on wholesome little bagels. <laughs> what else was popular? Snapple was definitely popular in 95. Oh, I remember Big Red Gum used to be around. It's not anymore. Gushers or some shit? Gushers were around. Well, you could just, like, YouTube 90s commercials. Yeah, just Google 1995 commercials. This aired probably at, like, 6 p.m. on. It was on, like, a Wednesday. Yeah. I remember going to school the next day and telling my friends, it was like, I saw the shittiest fucking movie last night. (laughs) I think this was a movie that was, like, hyped up at our school, too. I don't know why. Like, I feel like everybody was planning to watch this fucking movie. Like a biology teachers like you get extra credit if you watch this bee movie maybe i don't <laughs> and write a paragraph know. about it because like, yeah, i think the anti-bee propaganda was strong yeah i remember being strong in middle school i don't remember giving a shit about bees when i got to high school yeah this kind of came and went real fast yeah karen goes to pick up tracy from school and she sees the fucking bee drill oh god <laughs> i died watching this scene just paper over their head yeah <laughs> Teacher's like, the bees are coming! The kids pulled up newspaper over their head and run away screaming. The teacher's like, good job, kids! Good job! Fucking so stupid. It's so fucking ridiculous. I loved it. After we get more inserted bee footage, Chad is like full-on paranoia now. And he's got this handyman to bee-proof their house with like all kinds of nets and smokers. That Come to think of it, they never fucking use any of it. They kind of use the smokers at the end. Yeah, but he's got like... Well, he also gives them like 800 different cans of bug spray. Yeah, the bug spray doesn't even get used. It, it does a little. We'll get there. The fucking handyman just gives us another bee exposition, although nobody can compare to fucking Duchamp's shit. You know, once you've had that Duchamp guy dump on his bee exposition, nobody else can compare <laughs> somebody like oh bees will stink you fuck you i talked to honey man at the diner 
That's right. Who said that the Illuminati created the bees? At the store that has a sign that says "Be Prepared," and um, Lucy is wearing a bee costume, and the mom's like, "No." <laughs> is that bad taste? Karen and Chad that night when the kids are watching, they're watching the news report of the wedding yet again. And Karen's like, we have to move. We have to move. The bees are everywhere. Uh, You weren't at the school. You didn't see the bee drill. You saw how they attacked little Joshua yesterday. What if if that had been... Don't. You weren't at the school today. You should have seen this bee drill they had the kids doing. Every second grader in town is going to be sleeping in mommy and daddy's bed tonight. We used to have drop drills in school because of the H-bomb, for God's sakes. Don't think that didn't scare the graham crackers out of you. Exactly. And I'm just, my notes there are just like, oh my god, the fucking bee drill. <laughs> but Chad's like, we're too mortgaged to flee the bee zone, the bee red zone. That's right. I forgot. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, and even if we did, no one would buy it because we'd have to disclose the bees. Yeah, we would have to disclose that bees exist. And then uh, Bee Man Ken and his family are getting the fuck out of town. They had to destroy their entire bee farm. Like, we got some Africanized queens. We were compromised. <laughs> we, we must flee the country now. And Josh is fine with Linda now because he's silent from shock all cuddled with her. <laughs> That's right. That, like, the bees... T- have made him silent. Just never spoke again after that day. Killer bees bringing families together since 1995. And for some reason, Tom's hanging out at the house with them, and he's like, damn bees killing everything! They killed Travis! They chased off your friends! I I have to kill the bees! Yeah. <laughs> and so Karen's like, yeah, the, the, the bee expert left. We should leave. So they all start packing. They're gonna go move to a hotel. Hello again, KBUZ listeners. We have more developing news than the devastating killer bee attack at the local wedding. Blossom Meadows' own unemployed bee expert, Pruitt Taylor Bochamp, is about to give a press conference at a downtown diner. We go live now to the scene. Hey, man. These bees are the killer ones, man. Yeah. You see, the government keeps all the bees alive because they are in the pocket of big agriculture and big honey keep us working class people down and keep the billions of dollars to themselves. These killer bees do a thing called swarming, man, where they make like a big swarm and sting you. Whoa. They're they're real fat with all the venom they put into you and it causes pain. All the bees in the world were actually created by the Rothschild and the Illuminati, actually trained to kill in the tunnels beneath the White House. Since Harry fucking Truman was president in the deep state, has been sending out these bees to kill their enemies and covering it up by having them kill innocent people too. 
Bill Clinton actually smuggled some primo honey flavored cocaine through those tunnels and accidentally released them all, man. So now all those killer bees, the government and the men in black made, are gonna kill us all. We're all totally fucked, man. The bees will smell you. They'll kill you. So there you have it, folks. The killer bees are an Illuminati plot to depopulate the globe and install a new world order. All hail our new winged masters. Humanity is doomed. Stay tuned here to KBUZ for all the latest news. Tom goes to his dad's house and gets a gun. Fucking shotgun. And he's like, I'm gonna go kill all the bees. That's like, with the with a fucking gun? He gets Kevin to go with him as they go out to the orchard yeah. where there's a beehive on every single tree. Yeah, they found like the net like the nest. It's been on their property all along. The whole time. On every single tree is a hive. And so fucking Ryan Phillippe here with the gun, he's like, Travis, Kristen, that was the name of the girl. He's like, Travis, Kristen, this is for you. And he shoots down all the fucking hives. Here's the thing with uh, with shotgunning a beehive. It's going to kill some of them, sure. But not all of them. It's going to make them all mad. I have a bunch of really pissed off bees with no home. (laughs) Yeah. Kevin's like, the fuck you doing, Tom? We gotta go. They have to outrun the swarm of bees as they... Ride the moped home, and it's fucking hilarious, is my... Because we get BPOV chasing them around. Yep. And they run into the house, and um, fucking Lucy comes downstairs. What's that sound? Oh my god, it's the bees. They've surrounded the house. And they're literally like, there's so many of them hitting the house, and it sounds like it's raining outside. <laughs> yeah, and it's just... From here on, the movie is just a constant... Buzzing the whole rest of like a half hour of movie here. And they're like, we have to call for help. No, the bees have cut off the phone line. I know, I laughed so hard when I called my god, the bees cut the phone line. <laughs> the actual fuck. <laughs> like a slasher film. These bees are smart. They're coming in through the dryer vent. Like, because they, they figured out this. They're, they're finding, like, every, like, little fucking crack they can to break into the house. There's just so much hate in these bees. They're just like, <laughs> we're getting into this fucking place. Now, Lucy realizes she left Tina, the rabbit, outside. So she, uh, she decides to put the newspaper on her head to go outside and save the rabbit. And that doesn't it, work out too well for her. It goes about as well as you'd expect it to go, which is to say not. She comes back in screaming, just like covered in fucking bee stings. And Karen's like, the TV said more than five or six stings on a child her size is death. She's been stung a hundred thousand times. But somehow well, think- the rabbit is okay. Yeah. I, I also think she's allergic because they actually have, like, EpiPens around for her. Well, I think they just preemptively bought them. Oh, just in case? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, so Tina's dying. She's just wheezing. And this goes yeah. on quite a while. Just, eh, eh. Yeah. Chad comes in, and um, Karen's like, I gave her one EpiPen. Chad's like, I'll go ahead, give her the other. And we're like, what, two EpiPens? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Statham only needed one and crank. That's right. <laughs> You've given this little child two fucking adrenaline shots, and she's still just laying there wheezing. They get all bundled up in anti-bee clothing, with Lucy fucking wheezing the whole time. It's terrible. Yeah. And then Kevin pulls Tom aside to say, hey, look, 
the attic is full of bees, but we can't tell anyone. So Chad's gonna, like, I think they talk about taking Lucy to the hospital, and Chad's getting the car, but he doesn't get the car and drives it to the house. He can't get to the car because he's being attacked by bees. Yeah, he finally does make it to the car, but um, it won't start because I guess there's bees in the engine. Bees have clogged the engine. <laughs> yeah, well, he takes, like, an emergency light and throws it out the window, and all the bees swarm around that, so he's able to start the car now. I've never heard of a car being too covered with bees to start. They're in the gas tank, who the fuck knows? Yeah, well, they'd still be in the gas tank, I mean... I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's... Look, this is a group of bees that cut the phone lines, okay? <laughs> they cut the so... phone lines, that's true. Uh, meanwhile, Tom and Kevin, they make uh, a bug spray out of fucking dish soap. Yeah, they're just they're doing the soap and water thing, which technically does work, but I don't think they have enough. Kevin goes up to like kill all the bees with this this soap and water, and Tom gets scared and and he runs off and hides in a closet. He gets the fuck out of this movie closet. Yeah. <laughs> That's Meanwhile, what... Kevin's going full like uh, Mac from Predator. Ah! I just shoot <laughs> the fucking bees. <laughs> and he falls through the attic floor. How many times have we seen that in movies now? Well, it's the second movie this week, so... Well, yeah, there was that barn floor in Wicker Man. There was the uh, attic floor in um, Stepfather. Stepfather, yep. The attic in Malignant. Yep. We've seen this a few times. And he's, like, in Lucy's room and, and releases the bees. Yeah, all the bees that were already in there, plus all the bees that were upstairs. Nobody hears him screaming for help because Lucy has stopped breathing and they're trying to do CPR on her for like 40 minutes. Yeah. So Chad goes all the way to the orchard, gets a bunch of bug spray and a fire extinguisher, um, EpiPens, doesn't get a doctor, doesn't call a doctor. You know, for some reason they bundled Lucy up in anti-bee clothes, but yeah, I have to fuck it. Yeah, well, it's, you know, the, the bees cut the phone line, so you'd have had to drive all the way to the hospital. So when Chad gets back, they give Lucy two more EpiPens. They're just loading her with fucking adrenaline. Yeah, that's why her heart stopped. Yeah, they needed to give her some of that Asian shit. Yeah, and um, it's still not working, because I'm like, well, she's not a human then, okay? Four fucking shots of adrenaline. Until Karen gives a, you're a beautiful person. Someday you're going to make a friend, Lucy. And then she just, <laughs> wheezy breath and it's alive again. It's it's the beautiful person speech that gives her life, not the four fucking EpiPens. This movie's so ridiculous. It's so, so crazy. So, um, Chad finds Tom hiding in the closet. Kevin's probably dead. <laughs> No, he's not, actually. I forgot. No. no, he survived in the stupidest way, which we'll get to in a moment. Because we have Ryan Phillippe's fucking Oscar-winning performance here. He's so bad. He's crying and crying. He's like, there were so many bees. I, I don't want to die from the bees. Tom. <laughs> it was up in the attic. <laughs> Didn't there were... The bees there. There's lots of Mr. Ingle there. Crash. I'm sorry. Mr. Ingle, I don't want any of us to die. Tom. None of us is going to die. Here. Meanwhile, Kevin is in the bathtub breathing through a fucking crazy straw. It's hilarious. Uh. 
you know, and Chad just like pulls Kevin on out. And he's like, hey, good job with the, the water and the crazy straw there. You're a smart kid. He mentions that he has at least 60 stings. Yeah. And then Lucy screams because there's bees all up in this bitch. <laughs> that, that They're losing the fight to the bees here. So they have yeah. to you escape through the crawl space. It's the bees house now. Yeah. The bees, the bees own this house. And Chad and Tom say, stay behind to set off a smoke bomb so that everyone can escape through the crawl space into the barn. And it's so stupid here. I hate this part where um, Chad's like, I need a match or something. Yeah. And, and Tom hands him a lighter and he's like, you smoke? Are we doing that now? Is that relevant now? And then Chad's like, well, no, Tom's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for your family. I'm going to set off the bomb. You escape with your family. And Chad says, if I knew you smoked, I wouldn't have let Kevin hang out with you. It's like, like, is this the appropriate time to having this conversation? Like, I'm going to sacrifice myself so your family can live. You really shouldn't be smoking around my family. <laughs> it was 1995, and the, uh, the, uh, the anti-smoking rhetoric was ramping up real fast. Yeah, it was. But still, it's like, why does it need to be in this movie? <laughs> Who knows? Lucy is in the... Because they're, they're trapped in the, the tunnel. They can't open the other side. And the bees are coming in. And Lucy's like, Mommy, I don't want to be stung anymore. I'm like, oh, Lucy, you've had enough EpiPen. You're immune to bee stings now. <laughs> bees they can't even break through you. <laughs> you now have bee immunity. <laughs> yeah. Four fucking EpiPens. Just before the bees overtake them, Chad shows up at the other end, axing the floor open. Yep. The movie ends really fast here. It just goes to the next day, and they're sweeping out all of the dead bees out of their house. <laughs> they got the fucking upholstery guys. <laughs> fucking, they gotta have all of, like, everybody's gonna go in on the fucking vacuum. They got billions <laughs> of bees to fucking straight out of here. Yeah, and uh, Lucy throws away the bee costume, and the mom smiles. <laughs> Fuck bees. <laughs> And it just ends. We don't even get uh, credits. Nope, that's the end of the movie. Well, because when it aired, it would have just started the credits and then gone, Coming up on the 10pm news, Bill Clinton is in a scandal or some shit. I don't know. I can't remember what news was going on in March of 1995. Yeah, I don't remember either. Well, bees. Bees. Yeah, bees. Bees dominated the news cycle. Tonight at 10, are killer bees really coming for it? <laughs> Actually, I pulled up. You know, here, here's the things that happened in March of 1995. It was March 7th, specifically. The U.S. dollar became worth a record 1.5 Dutch guilders. <laughs> Excellent. I don't even think that's a valid form of currency anymore. I'm pretty sure they just use euros there now. Yeah, the Dutch Liberal Party won provincial national elections. Well, well, it sounds like uh, sounds like the Netherlands were having quite quite a day. And also, oh, baseball awards a franchise to Tampa Bay Devil Rays. There, there, that's the news that would have been happening. Right. Tampa Bay has a new baseball team. Yeah, they're good too. This year, they're I think they're the best team in baseball this year. So don't we? Well, you follow have, all like, the sports, and uh, they, I think they have three fans show up per game because <laughs> Tampa's a terrible sports town. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's this B movie. Yeah, it's uh, hilarious. I would, it is awful and amazingly fun. I would actually okay on its own. This is a Midnight Lobster Truck Coffee movie, 
but yeah. it's so delightfully corny that it it surpasses all the coffee. This becomes six a.m. Starbucks. Yeah, it, it's so much fun because of how incredibly awful it is. Like it is so cheesy, so just like what the, f- and it's such a product of its time, especially if you like because we were like right at the target audience for this movie. Like, yeah, we were impressionable young kids. We were scared of bees. That's right. So this is like the exact kind of propaganda shit that would have would have been, you know, just like targeted directly at us. And it's got Ryan Phillippe <laughs> somehow for some reason. Ryan Phillippe and uh, the girl that would later be in Jeepers Creepers and the guy from Airplane. The, yeah, the dad from, <laughs> from fucking. Yeah. It's a delightful movie. It's on YouTube for free. Because and, it's like uh, you're gonna find this fucking movie any other place. No, nobody. I, I'm surprised anybody even had this on fucking YouTube. Somebody actually bothered to make a copy of this off of TV in '95 and keep it long enough to upload it on YouTube. What's interesting is, um, because I, I I input you know the uh with the episodes I have the trailer for the movie. Yeah, and I have sometimes you know like clips from the film, and I'm like, well, I'm not gonna get any of that shit for this. I found the, a trailer. I mean, it's a television spot, but I found it. I wonder how well this this movie did on because I think I feel like it was like a cultural thing at the time. Like this TV movie was. Well, they like, went all out for it. I mean, I will say I appreciate the actual use of real bees. Again, you have a big budget movie yeah. of Nick Cage CGI bees. This random fucking. Made for TV movie with a pre-fame Ryan Phillippe, real bees. Lots of real bees. We can definitely do another bee week. There's a lot of killer bee movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, just the Jeepers Creepers films. Well, there's no bees in that, but... Eh, close enough. There's people... Fr- it's it's tangentially bee-related. It's bee-adjacent, it's fine. Yeah, well, well we wouldn't do bee movie, but we'd probably do, uh, like... There's a 2002 film called Killer Bees... There's well, there was the Deadly Bees, which was an MST episode. Oh yeah. There's the Swarm. There's 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 plenty of bees. We'll probably do bees again, which yeah, we I did mean, bees on a whim. Like I messaged you like what a week ago that we were changing. I'd like fuck it, bees. Yeah, well, it was a fun one too. Well, no, because I it was supposed to be Lily Sobieski, but the second film I picked, I was like, I was wrong. This doesn't have Lily Sobieski in it, so we're just doing fucking bees. And then you're like, we're doing Deadly Invasion, the Killer Bee Nightmare. We're like, fuck yes, I saw that movie when it came out on TV. I remember that one very clearly. Yep. Uh, good times. So, next week, we are uh, doing the 4th of July. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, some uh, good old patriotism. Some patriotism, yes. And it's going to be good. The, the two good movies we got for you. Merca. Merca. Land of the Bees. That's Land of the Bees. That's right. We will catch you then, everyone. Good night. Good night.